the Hardline Sports Talk with Michael Merlo and John Michael Masiri on the SND Podcast Channel. That is right. Episode 64 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I'm Michael Merlo. I'm with John Michael Masiri. JM, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, bro. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. I'm uh, going to the Mets game tomorrow. Got myself a double header accidentally again. You hit you hit double digits at this point already. How many games have you been to? Well, to, because of the double header, it's my third double header of the year. So yes, I'll have yeah. double digits tomorrow. You're like Eight a season. T- the- you're a season ticket holder at this point. You're 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 like the unsung hero. You're not recognized as a season ticket holder, but you really are. You're going to road games. I'm giving I'm giving them a lot of money. I'm, I'm eight and one. I'm eight and one. So I'm feeling all right. First loss on Sunday, but we're fine. Oof. Well, hopefully you don't lose the next seven and make it eight and eight. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's not even talk about that. Um, we'll talk about baseball, the Mets, the Yankees, everybody in a little bit. We are going to start with the NBA today, though, because well, two game sevens uh, Sunday afternoon and Sunday night, and uh, wasn't really worth watching both of them. No, it was not. We're going to start with uh, Boston and Milwaukee. Boston took care of the Bucks. I was a 109 to 81, but the game was closer in the first half. Although Boston played terribly in the first quarter, the fact that they were even up five to go into the half was kind of shocking. And then the way they just dominated in that second half with Jason Tatum in foul trouble, I think he sat most of the third quarter because I had a bet on him and lost. Yeah, definitely a strange game seven and not the way you thought that series was going to end. I think, you know, everybody was expecting a really close game seven and it was going to be a battle of Tatum and Giannis and, you know, which star was going to shine brighter. But it really came down to uh, Grant Williams having a phenomenal game for the Celtics. And Giannis, I I don't know if he ran out of gas or it, it just wasn't his game, but you know, no Chris Middleton that whole series, it, it made a difference. And um, I think you saw in the end that with, I think Chris Middleton in that series, it's a different story, right? They're probably playing in the conference finals, the Bucks, but um, that's not to disrespect the Celtics team. They did a great job. They played great defense the whole series. And uh, they finally, I'm not going to say stop Giannis, but slowed him down in game seven. Kind of like, like I was talking to somebody about, you know, what you do and you play him and it's kind of, you know, let him do what he has to do and just play very well against everybody else. Yeah. So what, so whoever, what does not matter if he goes for 50, 15 and 10, just as long as you could stop everybody else, you can kind of ease the damage a little bit. There's really no stopping that guy. So I don't have an answer for him. I don't know who would have an answer for him. But he was unbelievable in the series. I'm trying to pull up the stat I saw. I mean, he had the, like 200 points, 100 rebounds, 50 assists, like yeah. crazy stuff. Let me find it. I mean, the difference in the game was the three-point shot. I mean, the Bucks shot 12% as a team. They were four for 33 from three in the in, in the game, in game seven versus the Celtics making 22 out of 55. 22 threes, a lot of threes to make in a game. And that's 40% as a team, which is excellent. So when you look at the final score and you see a 28-point victory, you're usually expecting something like that. And, and Boston had unsung heroes, like you said, Robert Williams. Was this, it Grant or Robert? It was uh, Grant Williams. Grant but, Williams um, from Tennessee. He had what, seven threes. I think Peyton Pritchard yep. had four three-pointers in the game. Tatum hit five. Pritchard hit four. Yep, Grant Williams, seven for 18. 
And they really just ran away with the game in the second half. I mean, it really wasn't a contest. Like you said, no. at halftime, they were up by five. But after that, they, they just ran away, as we said, you know, 28-point victory. Giannis had 200 points, 100 rebounds, and 50 assists in the series, uh, which is pretty crazy. And, and know, he the, lost. The thing is with Giannis, his the playoff performances, I think we were talking about this last time, he's just a, a monster in the playoffs. And he comes out and he performs every game. And there, there's going to be Giannis haters out there and people that are going to try to push the narrative and say that he choked in game seven or whatever. Yeah, sure. His numbers weren't fantastic. He was 10 for 26. Those aren't great numbers efficiently, especially from the type of shots that he takes. Usually a very high percentage shooter, but um, the guy did everything that he could. I mean, you know, where would this team be without him? And, and like I said, the loss of Chris Middleton was big for this team. And uh, I mean, he was going out putting up 40 and 20 a night, like every night in this series, and they still couldn't win some of those games. So you can't put this on Giannis. Giannis did all he could. And uh, Boston was just the, the healthier and the better team. As of uh, May 13th, so I don't, know, I don't know if he had any of these games. No, I don't think he did. So four playoff games with 40 points, 10, 40 plus points, 10 plus rebounds, pl- five plus assists. The only player in NBA history with more is LeBron with 14. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's pretty crazy. And what's, what's funny is, you know, we talk about the loss of Chris Middleton and the three point shot. Obviously, they were, you know, the Celtics outshot them. But what about the fact that this game wasn't at home? And some people actually thought that the Bucks at the end of the season uh, tanked a little bit. You know, they didn't want to play ball. They didn't want to play Brooklyn in the sec- in the first round. So they sat there, guys, while Boston said, you know what? We're going to play our guys. They got the two seed, jumped them. And look what happened. Boston sweeps Brooklyn. And now they have this game seven, which was pivotal without Chris Middleton, their second best player. They play this game now, the Bucks on the road in Boston. And that could have been the difference. Yeah, I mean, you you could make that argument. I mean, the series kind of flipped in a different way. I think it was game five, the Celtics won on the road, and then game six, Milwaukee won at home, or the other way around, whatever it was. It wasn't it wasn't typical, you know, a seven-game series where the team who won won four games at home and lost three on the road. It was kind of random. Um, so who knows? The, the home court advantage could have made a difference in that game seven. I mean, we know game seven has a different feel than any other playoff game. It's, it's winner go home for both teams. But, um, I mean, you want to play rest games. You want to play, you know, not care about your seeding. It's a minor thing. It usually comes down to who's the best team. But, you know, there's there are little things that give you an advantage. So, definitely could have an impact on the outcome of the series of who has that game seven at home. And like you said, actually, I actually lost you. I was going to just try and, and rebound, but I, I completely lost you while you were speaking until the last second. That's all right. You don't have to listen to me when I talk. That's no, okay. because I went I went to go check something on my phone. I got a notification, and then it my AirPods connected to them. Oh, so here like, we go, really? the AirPods. You, you know, you're always blaming it on those freaking AirPods. Why don't you just throw them out the window? Well, I, I kind of wish I could. Hold on, let me see if I can go back to my AirPods. No, that's definitely not going to do it. Talk. Did I get you? Hey, what's up? You got me? There we go. I got it. Yes. All right, good. So, Perfect. Yeah, it was, it was weird, though, because I, I think – I don't know if you said this, but Boston won on the, they were both winning games on the road. Right. They, that's they exactly were what I said. Yes. They were even two, yes. two, one game on the road. And then I think Boston won game, game five. No, they lost game five at home, one game six on the road and they won game seven at home. That's yep. what happened. Yep. So 
it, it was impressive, but the, I, I said the whole time that I thought the winner of this series was not only going to go to the finals, but I actually declared win the finals now. I, I and think, I completely agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I could probably agree with that at this point. Uh, th- these teams definitely do, the both of them looked amazing. Now the Bucks are out, obviously. I'm I'm pretty confident the Celtics are at least getting there. I think the Heat are a good team, but I think they still have some flaws. And I, I like them, but I don't want people to get too hung up in some of those good wins that they had against Philly because I think Philly's an even more flawed team. I mean, we know them, the, the roller coaster road they've had over the past four or five years. Um, and, you know, the West is great for the Mavericks, right? We'll get to them in a little bit and their series win against the Suns. Um, and, you know, should be a pretty good series against the Warriors. But do any of those teams, you know, show as completeness as a team? And, and um, you know, the Celtics have had no easy schedule beating the Nets, who were the, the toughest eight seed you could have in a long time, or, or seven seed, whatever they were. Um, and then, you know, obviously beating the reigning NBA champs and the, the, the player, the best player in the world, Giannis, you know, it's, it's definitely two tests that might be their hardest test. The Bucs might be their hardest test the whole playoffs. That could have been their yeah. NBA finals. If you ask me who I'd rather play, uh, Miami or the Bucks, and I don't know if I'm disrespecting Miami because I haven't watched much of them. I have watched more of Boston and Milwaukee, but I'd probably say Milwaukee just because you have to deal with the honest. Now, yeah. Miami, they played well, and they've been banged up all po- all year and all postseason long, and they were banged up against uh, Philadelphia too. But you're right. You know, they beat Philadelphia, went up 2-0 when they didn't have Embiid. And then the second Embiid came back, that's that, that series got evened up. Yep. And, yes, they took care of business. But a, a very inconsistent team. You did not know what you were getting from James Harden uh, night in, night out. Tyrese Maxey, a young player. You know, he had, he again, inconsistent. They were just an inconsistent bunch. And I don't know how much I trust Miami here. Uh, but if, if they're fully healthy, they could prove a, a ton of people wrong. This, this was the matchup in the bubble, I think, in the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. and Miami beat them. So, I mean, it's Miami, you're looking for a little more consistency out of them. They, they've looked really good at certain points, but they've also looked really bad at points. They're a little streaky. Um, this Celtics team, though, I mean, has been no doubt the best team in basketball over the past couple of months. So, I think they're definitely the. I don't oh, know what the sure. odds are. I don't know what the odds are for this series, but I I would imagine that they're the favorite, even starting on the road. Right, because I it, it always it, it's really funny. I always forget that they are the one seed. Yeah, because they don't feel like a real one. They're seed. favored by two in game one, and that's at home, Miami. So. It, the series, uh, Boston is minus one seventy five to win the series. Well, there you go. So they are the favorites, a nice favorite too. So yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think Vegas is strong there. I really don't. And Philadelphia, by the way, just clapped them. They're out. Yeah, it's good to see things you know, like that happen to them. What I was gonna say though about the Celtics, I think what we're seeing now is you know the landscape in the NBA has kind of changed. We're not really seeing these huge super teams coming out. Uh, with all these big free agents or big trades and these these you know th- big threes whatever that we used to see with those the Heat when you know LeBron came over and then the Lakers with LeBron the Warriors with KD and then you know the Nets with Kyrie and Kevin Durant it's it's a lot there's a lot of talent around the league now like everybody seems to have a superstar and it's it's just coming down to good defense and guys to have around your stars because we just saw Giannis exhaust himself 
going to put up these crazy stats, and he still couldn't take down the Celtics team because when it came down to it, when Jason Tatum wasn't playing the best basketball he could, guys like Grant Williams stepped up. And then obviously we know the talent of Jalen Brown. Al Horford had a great game in that series. So depth is really important, and getting points and, and production from different guys and not just your number one guy it makes a difference. I mean, look at the the Grizzlies. They made that kind of a series with John Moran out the whole time. And, you know, the Mavericks, Jalen Brunson, guys stepping up in that series. So It was, again, I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I thought the Bucks celtics series was the most entertaining. One of those reasons because they actually played defense. They played hard. They played tough. The refs let a little bit more slide, I thought. That's postseason basketball, though, and you like to see that. I don't like guys running down the court and ch- chucking up threes all yeah. game. And that's, and that's the game. That's not fun. It's exciting to see a nice three pointer or a cool three pointer, but I like to see tough, hard basketball, good defense. And that's what you got. And Ime Odoku, who was the head coach for the Boston Celtics. I mean, what a 180. Remember this team was dead and out or, you know, first couple of months of the season, they were not good. They had nothing, you know, nothing with the the coach couldn't get these players on the right track and he figured it out and look they are they again you said it before they've been the best team in the nba for a very long time now one of the most well-run organizations in basketball now i mean you have uh brad stevens you know stepping up into that advisement role and now as you just mentioned the new coach doing a great job so they're in the right path. They were they were starting to slip into that uh the sixers territory where you know we've seen the sixers put their names in the ring for, you know, who's going to take over the East and everything, but they kind of are always just pretenders and they fizzle out in the playoffs, but Celtics, they still got a little more to go, but I mean, you know, to get to this point already is very impressive. By the way, how funny was it that James Harden in game six at home facing elimination just took one shot in the second half of that game. How funny is it that they traded the guy that they hated because you didn't take any shots yeah, last yeah. year in the conference finals yeah. just for that guy making more money. He's in, he's in like La La Land, James Harden. He's I'm, imagine giving him a max contract. Could you I imagine can't. if they I do can't. that? I can't imagine that. That would be so stupid. And did you see Jimmy Butler after the game? I did. And Tobias the love affair. Him. It looks like Joel Embiid and, and Jimmy Butler were going to make out at a press conference uh, or something. Well, I mean. Oh, never they mind. Were, they like, were like lovey dovey. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was like a fake thing saying that. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't fake. Embiid did say it, uh, saying that James Harden, he was like saying he's not the best player, the, the same player he was in Houston, and blah, blah, blah. But he was kind of saying he's more of a playmaker now. But it was a little, a little sketchy. It sounded like he got it a, was little, a, dig. a little dig thrown in there a little bit. He was pissed. Hey, listen, it's filled up. It's a tough place. One thing I respect about Philadelphia, they are brutally honest with you. Yep. Doc Rivers, as much as, you know, people can't stand him, he's honest. He's he, very he honest. threw his player right under the bus last year, Ben Simmons. He did that. And he's, he's thrown Harden under the bus, you know, early in, in this relationship multiple times. So, I mean, Harden just not wrong. It, it, he's at the point where it seems like anywhere he goes, the relationship is not pretty. At this point, I mean, we know how it ended up in Houston. Once it went to the Nets, we know how that ended up. Once to Philly, and now in Philly, you know they underachieved, and there's already some little bit of rumors and uh, quotes coming out that are negative. And if you're, you know? and, yeah, right, and if you're Philly, like you, you kind of know how it's going to end. Whenever it ends, 
Yeah. You know how it's going to end. You, I, I believe that they thought this could bring them a championship and they still might believe that, but. If you're, if you're Philly, listen, you've been looking to get this team into a championship level for years now, right? You had Jimmy Butler, you know, you brought Tobias Harris over Al Horford was there, whatever. Tobias is still there. You brought James Harden over the Ben Simmons thing didn't work, right? You trade away Markel Fultz, all the stuff that they've done. You cannot, there may not be a way to win a championship still, but I'll tell you one thing right now, if you want to at least give yourself a chance to still grasp this time frame to do it, do not sign James Harden to a max contract. Do not they, do it. They absolutely can make this work. They have Tyrese Max, who's they, fantastic. They obviously have Embiid. If they can offload Tobias's contract, yeah, it's 100% possible. They but, can't do it with James Harden. Did they, did they believe that Harden was going to be a different person in the playoffs? Like when they made this trade, I, I jumped on the bandwagon early. I left it. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, okay, you're giving up Ben Simmons and you're they weren't giving up much to get him. So I understand making the trade. But did they believe that was going to be what they needed to get a championship with, with his track record? Yeah. When you have a track record of this team with Doc Rivers? Ah. And I don't know. It's tough. I guess the risk was worth it. It wasn't much risk, so it was worth it. I mean, so make the, that trade. You remember after the trade, the hype that this team was getting. A lot of people were. I was. I was on the bandwagon. A lot of people were picking them to be a championship pick. I and I I did it because I thought Embiid, who was already playing at an insanely high level at the time, was just going to be better with Harden. That was more well, of my reasoning. That's, that's the thing that's bizarre because you don't know if these guys are going to play well together and how their games are going to mix with each other and, and what new roles guys are going to fill into. It's, you know, you're, you're like, you're blind by evaluating this. You can't, you can't tell. And we also forget that Daryl Morey, him and Harden and Daryl Morey are very close friends. Morey already gave him a max contract extension. He offered him a ton of money. Do you remember that? He offered him like $50 million a year to stay in Houston before the trade to Brooklyn. And you saw how it ended in Houston. You saw how it ended in Brooklyn. You had to know like, okay, we're getting into bed with this guy, but it's not going to end well. You know, it's going to end in not only a divorce, but a bad divorce. Is Houston cursed? Is that, does that James Harden CP3 team cursed? I mean, see, (sighs) they have to be even Westbrook Westbrook came over to Houston. He's his career is going down the tubes. He's never won a championship. And it sucks because that Houston team, man, that's the only team that came relatively close to taking out that golden state. Yep. Uh, Kevin what, they, Durant team. what they missed 28 threes in a row or something. 20, they, 20, 20 something threes. So yeah. Imagine they win that game. The course of history forever is changed in the NBA. That was a good team. Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker. It's a good Clint Capella. They had they had the makeup to beat them. Yep. Love trash at Philly. All right, let's uh, head over to the uh, Western Conference. Do me a favor. Where we you gotta you gotta stay when you move your head like away from the mic a little. That's when it's it it goes blurry. See, it goes a little. Blurry. I know, but I want you to see my whole face. I guess I you don't care about seeing my well, mouth move. You can't get that mic any. I guess it's too late now. But there we go. No. No, it's off center. It's okay. We'll leave it. Uh, the Western Conference, though, uh, was not a fun game seven no. in Phoenix. I don't think I've ever seen a worse performance 
from a top overall seed in a big game like Phoenix brought out. Dallas beat Dallas up 42 to start the fourth quarter. Can I read you this? Yeah, go ahead. Whatever stats you tell me right now are not going to, you know, I'm sure it's already as bad as I've heard. This Hold is on one the ugliest box score ever. I don't want to do it on my phone. I don't want my phone to connect again. Here we go. I have it on my computer. So Luca in the Sun series. You ready? Yep. Not only he had 27 points at halftime, just like the Suns did, 27 points total, but in the series, Luca had more points than Booker, more rebounds than Aiton, more assists than CP3, and more steals than Mikal Bridges. That's insane. More rebounds than Aiton is the worst one, in my opinion. That's insane. Yeah. We're going to talk about Aiton in one second because he had a little uh, drama with, the, I guess, Monty Williams or something in the organization, but it doesn't matter. Uh, he didn't play much in that game, but is CP3 cursed? Like, is this guy He's just gotta be. never I mean, going to win? And it's bizarre because he plays obviously a very team friendly style of basketball. He's a great passer, keeps his teammates involved. But um, I mean, the guy had three points at the start of the fourth quarter. You look at his the box score; he's finished with ten. That's horrible, but that's even not as bad as what really happened. You know, he had some garbage time points or whatever. You come out in a game seven as the one seed, just represented the Western Conference Finals last year in the finals. Easy favorites. Easy favorites, and you have. Your leading scorer has 12 points, and it's Cameron Johnson. 12 points? You have 50 points by the start of the fourth quarter? That it's is beyond embarrassment. If I was a Phoenix Suns fan, I would throw all my gear away and not put it on for a year. You can't go out in public. I wonder how that Suns and four guy is, uh, is feeling. Remember yeah. that from last year? That's a throwback. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. Devin Booker, three for 14 in 36 minutes. Jay Crowder, five points, 27 minutes. CP3, four assists, 31 minutes. It's it's awful. Listen, let's give credit to a Dallas team, a young, hungry Dallas team who people wrote off from the beginning, who people said that it, I've seen the meme hundreds of times now. You got the terrible house, the ugly house with the, you know, the little uh, awning hanging over the Lamborghini who was in the driveway, and it's yep. like, Luca with the, the Maverick, which is not true. They've got some good players. Jason Kidd has stepped up and become a nice coach in this league after, you know, he's been an experiment in a couple other places, but he's learned and he's figured it out. And now they got a chance to go to the NBA finals. A real chance. I think a real chance. I yeah. think they could be Golden State. They're and a great team. They went down 2-0 in this. We forget about that. Like, okay, you were the one seed and you got blown out in game seven. The Suns were up 2-0 in this series. It's a, it's a refreshing thing to see these new faces. And, uh, I mean, they're not new faces. We see Steph Curry t- late in the playoffs, you know, all the time. But And Luka's obviously a star and everything. But, you know, to see the, this new dynamic in the NBA this year with these top four teams left, it's not exactly the same four teams you would have imagined, right? Um, that, But that being said, little not as excited as I normally would be. Going into these matchups, I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same, but uh, before, right Who'd before we get into that, though, lastly, did you know that if the Dallas Mavericks took off the entire first quarter, like if you just took away everything they did in the first quarter, they would still be up by three at halftime. That's the Suns had 27 <laughs> points by half. 
27. Merlo, we've scored more on a CYO game at halftime. Luca had 27 and a half himself. Yep. It's but anyway, just... going back to that, yeah, I mean, I, it's, they're going to be a couple good series, but, you know, I guess it's just different not seeing a Giannis, a LeBron, a KD in this in this final four-team uh, bracket, but there'll be some good series. I think, I think we're going to see these games go, both series go at least six games. And two guys, in my opinion, that are going to take the thrones. I mean, Giannis, I think, has taken that throne. But other the other two guys, Luca and Tatum, they're they're taking the throne almost from, you know, guys like LeBron and and CP3 and Kevin Durant, these younger stars. LeBron did a Q and A, you know, uh, had some fans answer questions on Twitter, ask him questions, and he answered them. and And they said, "Who's your favorite player under twenty five right now?" And he said, "Luca" in all caps. He goes, "He's my fave right now." Yep. He's unbelievable. He, he does kind of look like a mini LeBron, just shoots a little better um, than LeBron did earlier in his career. But I, I've been on the Luka train for a while. He's unbelievable. He's proved that all series long. And uh, it makes makes no sense. He's a big guy. He's not overly quick. You know, he, he had weight he, issues even going back athletic. to this. Yeah. Like the cliche goes. Yeah. Yes. Nobody is. It makes no sense, but he's a fantastic passer. He rebounds the ball well and he could shoot and he gets yeah. by people and he drives to the basket. Does everything yeah. you want. He's like always in the it seems like he's always in the perfect spot on the court, honestly. Um let me say real quick. Oh, yeah. Luka, Jalen Brunson, a future Nick. Oof. You know, I see this Donovan Mitchell stuff and everything. I'm tired of seeing a new guy on on the map going to the Knicks every offseason. When once it happens, I'll believe it. I'll believe it okay. when I see it. You know, that's good. That's um, a good attitude. Luca, you know, we're talking about him bursting onto the scene. You know, over the course of his career and becoming the superstar, it was really that ser- that uh, series against the Clippers in the bubble. I mean, when he hit that that the the buzzer beater three to beat them uh, from the logo in the bubble, that was that was when Luca, I think, announced that uh, he was here. That's when you were impressed. Yeah. And we didn't even talk enough about Jason Tatum and how great he's been for uh, the Celtics. I mean, he's been on freaking believable. And, you know, I, I consider him a superstar. We kind of went over where he fits in the top 10. I mean, I think he's easily in the top 10. Yeah. But Luca absolutely is in the top 10 as well. Probably top and five, uh, honestly, they might be. And now they face a interesting uh, Warriors team who, you know, inconsistent during the regular season, but have figured it out here in the postseason. Clay Thompson has, you know, I mean, coming back from the injury, he's like the, the biggest question mark or wild card for them because yeah. if he's on and playing like Clay does, nobody's going to beat them. They're going to win the finals. But he hasn't been like that coming off these bad injuries. So let's see what he can do. Steph's going to do Steph things. And Jordan Poole's been very interesting off the bench for them. He can, he likes to shoot, he can play. And he he's he's not afraid to to pull the trigger on his shots. He he'll shoot from anywhere at any time. He's I he, I like how aggressive he can be. That could work against them, obviously, if he's having a cold night. But yeah, like you said, when this Warriors team, when Clay's on the court, when they're clicking, Draymond's still a huge part of this team, right? When he's healthy and playing well on defense, this team's a completely different team. Uh, what's Gary Payton's health looking like for the the, the final, the conference final? I don't know. We could take a look, though. Search Twitter. Um, I don't know if he's... Here we go. Long shot to return. Yeah, not good. Not good. Okay. They'll be good. I can't give you a winner. I'm not going to predict... Actually, do you want me to predict a winner? 
why not? Predictions are fun. I think Dallas takes them. I think Dallas wow. beats them. Yeah. Right. I think th- there's something about Luca right now. All right. Guys get hot, and he's he's on one right now. I mean, it's a different war. It would be nice to see the Warriors make it back, though, from the kind of arc that they've had, and people thought that they were done to to see them with them, you know, still Clay, Draymond, and Steph together, and make it to the finals. That would be cool. And on top of that, the terrible season that they had, you know, they get rewarded with a draft pick. He's not even playing right now. Yeah, their top draft pick from last season, James Weissman. So. And I think people it's, need to start. Over, getting, it's more impressive. I, I think even through all of this, I think it still happens. I think people need to start giving Steve Kerr a little bit more credit than, than what they give him already, because there are a lot of Steve Kerr haters out there who just think that he's, you know, riding on the coach. He's the coach Steph Steph Curry, Curry. And, you know, KD came over and they won those championships. Big deal. But, you know, people forget that this team had to develop and, you know, KD wasn't always there. They won without KD where the 73, you know, they didn't win that year, but won 73 games in a season. And now you're seeing a guy like Jordan Poole breaking out and other guys filling in great roles and, and this team really just playing well together. So you got to give Steve Kerr credit. I mean, a coach, we, we see around the NBA, some coaches come in and, and not do a good job at all. You know, Doc Rivers is a great example. Some people really want his, his name off that roster but uh coaching is important i just saw the funniest meme ever i don't know if it's a meme it has to be a meme can i explain this to you very quickly it's off topic but it's so funny so shakira was at the met game the other night and it was made known that uh buck wanted to meet her buckshaw so buckshaw walter met her and a bunch of the players met her too so there's a picture of her with Travis Jankowski. Okay. You know, Matt, you know, I love Travis Jankowski. He's a bench player, you know, fourth outfielder type thing comes in for defense and speed. Okay. So there's a picture of them together and they're talking. And I don't know if she actually posted this on her story, but it looks like it's a screenshot of her story. And I don't know if the words read it and it goes hanging out with Travis Jankowski. There's Could no you way. imagine if there's Shakira no posted that? Why would Shakira? No, there's no way. Why would Shakira be flaunting that she's hanging out with Travis Jankowski? The things I would do to hang out with Travis Jankowski, you don't even know. I thought you were gonna say uh, Shakira, but all right. No, Travis Jankowski. Oh, <laughs> sh- oh no! Actually, I'll give my shout out to a, a friend of mine when we do baseball. But can we talk about this Patrick Beverly CP3 stuff before sure. we uh, take a little break here? So Pat Bev. Probably woke up at around 4.30 to go on Get Up this morning on ESPN. And he was trashing Chris Paul pretty hard. He was with Mike Greenberg. He was with uh, Stephen A. Smith. And I'm trying, I'm blanking on what the question was, but he had said, this was his response, you know, talking about Chris Paul. He goes, you know, and I'm paraphrasing this, you know, I don't, I don't go to bed early when I'm facing the Suns and Chris Paul. He goes, I go out. I go get a steak. I go have some wine. I sweat it off and I get ready pregame. He goes, when I'm versing Steph Curry, I'm in bed by 8 p.m. Phone is off. I'm getting right. ready. Right. So, you know, really trashing Chris Paul. And he said a couple other things about him, which was just unnecessary. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean. I don't like why- this. First of all, why did why do you think they had Pat Beverly on Get Up? Because they knew he was going to say some stupid thing like this and stir the pod because that's what Pat Beverly does. He's a little pesky, annoying, you know, a little nibbler. He's just like that annoying kid at recess that nobody really wants to hang out with, but he just comes and tags along and he'll annoy the crap out of you. And 
and he's always there. That's Pat Bev. Um, but Pat yeah, Bev. I mean, I get it. You get, you, I mean, I don't think anybody's disagreeing that Steph Curry is a better player than Chris Paul. Um, I don't know. It, it, uh, there's a lot of Chris Paul hate out there, and it, it really doesn't make any sense because I feel like he was always like a fan favorite. And now all of a sudden, the tides have changed, and people are like happy that he chokes all the time. And I think it just got to the point where people are getting frustrated at how many times he he hasn't came through and, and won a finals or won a game seven. I mean, was he zero and eight in game sevens at this point or something crazy yeah. like that? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's Pat Bev. He's he's just like, who are you? Nobody's nobody's losing sleep over guarding you. He goes CP3 can't guard anyone. Everybody in the NBA know that. Give it, give him that Ben Simmons slander. Then they asked why um, Pat Bev says the Suns should have benched Chris Paul instead of DeAndre Ayton. They benched the wrong person. That they should have benched Chris. I mean, just. So unnecessary. Yeah. Like, why? Like, what? What is? What is necessary about this? You know, you're punch. I saw this on on some social media. You're hitting this guy, man, when he's at his lowest. Yeah. I mean, he's on the ground. He's flat on the ground. He may not even be breathing, and you're still hitting him. Why? What's and like, the point, Pat, dude? If you, how long? How long was he? Thirty, Pat Bev. Like, how long have you been in the league? Like, you're a grown man doing this right now. Like, come. Come on now. It's unnecessary, but that's what does Pat, Pat Bev. Bev have to do with this. They play in the NBA together. You're on the Timberwolves. Right. You got eliminated three weeks ago. Who cares? And it's, I mean, I guess ESPN is going to do whatever they can to, um, you know, obviously for ratings. And they knew that this would be talked about all day. And I'm sure, you know, it worked out for them well. But have well, I have this idiot on and Matt Barnes, who I, I think he worked, he, he may work for Fox or he works for ESPN. He was killing Pat Bev. Was, and yeah. Matt Barnes, you know, is very vocal about uh, many things. And he was very vocal. He said, you know, there's no reason to go low on him like this. You know, this was just wrong. And he's right. This this was not good. It was stupid. It's it's a it's a Penny, low blow. You know, the soap the soap opera of the NBA is back. Yeah, one hundred percent. One Tree Basketball Association. <laughs> good That's one. That's what we got. Go on. Good. I love I love One Tree Hill. By the way, I'm not blood. slandering One Tree yeah. Hill. But um, <laughs> all right. That's enough NBA for now. I've, you know. We'll be uh, following the conference finals. They start up, I'm almost positive, Tuesday yep. or Wednesday. I don't know. I think hockey starts Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, hockey. Very quickly. Shout out New York Rangers. Big victory over the Penguins. Game yes. seven. Come back in overtime. I Again, I don't know what it's like to be a diehard hockey fan because th- those playoffs are very different. But I couldn't even imagine being a fan and sitting there in overtime of game seven of a series where you're at home next goal wins. Could you imagine that? Must How do you been. even watch it? How are you not hiding under your table or your tower? I don't know, but shout out to the yeah. Rangers. Big, big win. Must've had the tightest knot in your stomach the whole time, especially, you know, like you're, like you're going to throw up. Easily. Yeah, literally. They'll play the Carolina Hurricanes starting Wednesday in Carolina. So we'll see what happens there. And the second round starts Tuesday. So fun stuff. Uh, also, Toronto Maple Leafs, biggest choke artists maybe ever. I'm sure Islander fans are happy about that. 
Yes, they are happy about mm-hmm. that. John Tavares goes down and they hired a coach, so good for them. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, do some baseball before we get out of here, but first, the break. The SD Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at SNDPodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. We are back, episode 64 of the Hardline Sports Talk, ready to go, and uh, we're back for some baseball, uh, so that's always fun. Oh, yeah. uh, we're going to start with the Yankees, who are the best team in baseball right now, have the best record, and kind of look like they're on this track to be one of those you know teams that we've seen, like the Dodgers, and I think the Dodgers will be fine, even though they struggle a little bit, but... Um, you know, kind of one of those teams that wins like 110, you know, over easily over 100 and, and maybe 110 or something like that. It that and it's impressive what they're doing at 26 and nine, but they can be one of those teams. Yeah, I mean, you're you're waiting. This team they they started off seven and six now to 26 and nine. You know, it's crazy. They're 19 and three in their last 22 games, but you're still kind of waiting for them. You know, they're not going to continue at this pace. I mean, that's just unrealistic to be winning 18 out of 21 over and over again. It's just not going to happen. 19 out of 22, whatever it is. Um, you're waiting for them to hit that little bump in the road. We're seeing the Mets are hitting it right now, right? Um, they were off to a great start now. You know, they're, they're struggling a little bit, but we're sure they'll be fine. Um, yeah, it, it, this the whole season, they're not just going to run away with this division. I'm sure it's going to get a little little – close at some point hopefully they don't lose it completely right would be nice if they just ride off first place the rest of the season but um they're winning in multiple ways which is really good to see the games that they are losing they're not blowouts right they're they're close games one run games that white Sox game they they won every game by a couple of runs even they won by eight runs and then the one game they lost was one run they blew it in the ninth and that was it um, so yeah, they're playing great baseball. The bullpen's great. The, the, the rotation's phenomenal. Uh, you can make the argument that Nestor Cortez is Cy Young right now. I mean, he's got the lowest yeah. ERA in the American league might even, might even be the lowest ERA in all of baseball. Plus he's got the strikeout numbers to back it up. Um, yeah, playing really well. And, uh, the, this offense, there's, there's multiple guys that are going at one time now, right? So it's been a little streaky in, from individuals, but Certain guys are clicking at the right time, and and they just look like a great team. They really do. They pitched well last year, and the offense was kind of an issue where they were inconsistent and they weren't getting, um, you know, they weren't scoring enough runs. But I that may be the case here. But the, offensively, they've been much better. They've shown that they're not that same team from last season. And that'll be the thing, you know, if they can really sustain the success and be a 105, 110 win team, will the offense stay consistent all season? And that's kind of like the thing that, that I think if they were going to, you know, chill out a little bit, it would be offensively. I trust this pitching staff. You obviously trust this bullpen with how great it's been. Um, but, and you said Nestor Cortez, I mean, it's hard not to root for this guy. 36th round pick. Um, he was up and down. Uh, majors, minors. Uh, the Yankees drafted him. He was um, he got picked in the Rule Five draft by the Orioles. Still up and down, minor leagues, major leagues, and he got his chance last year with the Yankees, and hasn't gone back down since. He's just been unfreaking believable. It's 
it is it's it is unbelievable and then it's like how do you not like this guy so it's a great story he's been he's been a fantastic pitcher not overpowering stuff which is interesting but he gets guys out yeah he gets guys out um his his stuff has starting started to become a little more overpowering because he's he mixes his pitches well He's accurate, right? He's got good location. And then he's he's excellent at disrupting hitter timing, right? He changes the arm slots. He does stuff with the leg kick and everything like that. And, uh, you know, it, it's a little – you could argue it's a little stupid that he does stuff like that. But it's also <laughs> impressive that he can still throw the ball accurately and at that velocity from different arm slots and angles and everything like that. Um, yeah, definitely an interesting career. He's only 27 years old which you would think with, you know, the, the, the timeline and the, the career path that he's had, he would be a little older than that, but yeah, I noticed that today too. I was like, wow. Yeah. Uh, started off with Baltimore. Then, like you said, you know, bounced around a little was with the Yankees then left the Yankees and he came back and was amazing last year. And he's even better this year, but you're right. This team can pitch um, their, their team total stats in terms of just about everything. If you look in MLB or AL, they'll appear in multiple offensive categories as number one and in multiple pitching uh, defensive categories as number one. I mean, leading the American league and ERA strikeouts, they're leading in uh, home runs on base percentage, OPS, all those you know, major great stats. So they're doing it on both sides of the ball. Um, the schedule, it, it, it's, it's been moderate. I mean, they've, they've beat some teams above 500 at the best rate in baseball. And they've also been beating up on the bad teams, right? I mean, you have nine losses in the middle of May. You're not losing many games anyways. It's impressive either way, but you, you can, you don't have a lot to complain about this team right now. And it's, it's nice, but like I say all the time on this show, and I was saying it last year. You don't want to get too comfortable in these situations because, you know, a lot of times in life when things are going super smooth and it seems like things are finally starting to go right, usually the piano comes crashing down and something happens. So I don't I want to my get life every day. I live my life every day as a Met fan, just like that. So, yes, you're right. Uh, six and three against teams over 500 as of right now. So I haven't played many games against them, but they are beating. And listen. You know, I, I can't stand. Listen, you can make arguments. Oh, they haven't played anybody. And listen, we'll be able to see when they play teams over 500, when they play the really good teams, then we'll be able to assess whether or not they were just beating up on bad teams. But as of right now, they're doing exactly what you want a really good team to do. And that is beat up on the bad teams. So Again, they can start playing the Tampa Bay Rays and the Astros and the Angels and lose a bunch of games, and we'll say, okay, you know, they, they have to be better against the better teams, but also, they haven't done that yet. Guess what? We're at the point in the year where, you know, there's those teams that we had those off-season expectations, and they're not going to perform to those levels yet, right? Like, I'm just using them as an example. Toronto, they could still end up as a fantastic team and be World Series contenders and whatever, but they're not off to the best start. I mean, they're three and seven in their last 10. They're two games over 500 and they're like eight games back in the East. Um, you know, the Seattle Mariners are a team that people were high going into this year. They were high on them. They're not doing great, but you know, there's, there's going to be those teams that are hitting their little patches right now. And who knows, they go on these big runs, they get the wild card, they get this, that we don't really know who the good and the bad teams are right now. So why don't we stop trying to psychoanalyze the schedule and just realized, all right, this team's 26 and nine. They got one of the best, if not the best run differentials in baseball. They're leading 
the MLB in multiple categories on both sides of the ball. They're doing they're doing stuff right. Yeah, that's it. And enjoy it. Don't let anybody take that away from you. Enjoy it. Um, they beat up on the White Sox, who have just gotten off to a in- very interesting start. They didn't add much during the offseason. They dealt with so many injuries when the lockout came out and when they were done with the lockout and spring training. And, you know, they're floating around 500. They're one game under. Uh, the Yankees go in there and take three out of four against them. It hasn't been a great start. And you know, this was a little sexy pick. I know you picked them to win it all. But they're going to have to figure this out. They have time because the division isn't that great again. But they're going to have to figure this out if they want to, you know, become a contender. No, you're right. The division is weak. Um, they have talent in every part of the team. I mean, bullpen, lineup, and rotation, there's talent everywhere. But like you said, the injury bug has hit this team, and it's hit it hard. And they do have things to figure out. Um, I don't know if they'll have to make any moves at the deadline or, or – or what they're going to have to do, or if it just comes down to getting guys healthy. I mean, Eloy Jimenez is a guy who was supposed to be an MVP type bat for them, um, you know, over his career so far. And he just hasn't been that because he hasn't been able to stay on the field. And, you know, you, you, you have guys like that. And then you have Jose Abreu and Grandal underperforming right now. And uh, I wouldn't be too overly concerned if I was a White Sox fan, but you know, it, it, it's going to get to a point where it does get concerning if they don't turn this around. Um, but I think as this team gets healthier, hopefully for their sake, uh, they'll start to see their season turn around a bit. My MVP pick, Luis Robert. He's off to an okay start. Not nothing crazy. He'll uh, he'll figure it out. I think. Yeah. I'm not worried about him. He did well in the series against the Yankees. Nothing. I mean, he hit that walk off single. He's on a little hit streak, but he he hasn't been hitting for a ton of power lately. But he'll be fine. I'm not worried about him. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move it over to the National League East. As, um, you know, first, I want to mention big congratulations to the Philadelphia Phillies after a huge weekend in Los Angeles. I mean, are you kidding me? Three out of four against the Dodgers? What did you the say Dodgers, last week? Damn, I'm talking about the uh, Dodgers come, you know, in back home after losing two out of three to Pittsburgh, and I'm like, oh, my God. They're going to sweep the Phillies. They, they're going to sweep them. And the Phillies were a strike away on Sunday from sweeping them four games in their own building. They did blow a lead, of course. What's new? They can't have anything go just perfectly right. Uh, they blew a lead late in the ninth inning uh, against the Dodgers. Gavin Lux had a walk-off double. But a very impressive weekend for the Phils. Very, very, very impressive. And Bryce Harper is showing that it doesn't matter what's going on with his elbow. He's still going to go out there and he's going to rake. I mean, he won NL player of the week and yep, 1900 gonna, OPS. He's throwing his name right back in the NL MVP mix. Uh, once again, I, I got money on him to win the NL MVP. I think the guy can flat out rake. I mean, there's no doubt. He's a fun how watch. About, how about Max Muncy? Arguing balls and strikes pitches right down the middle in that series. Uh. And that was it's like and i saw a video it's like concerning with how bad concerning. he's play, with how bad he's playing and on top of it like and this is a guy that knows the strike zone yep. how are you how are you this confused yeah you know power's down in the national league rice harper's got nine homers and that's tied for the lead yeah yeah you got three Don't. yankees with more than 10 with more than nine just saying. Uh, why don't you why don't you worry about your american league and us national league folks will uh 
we'll take care of what we got to take care of. All right. I do have money on Bryce Harper to win the MVP. Let me get a cut. That's fun stuff. How's uh how's my boy Rafael Devers doing? Rafi's doing okay. I think uh I know Bogarts is having a fantastic year. There oh, he's having a nice year too. I'll tell you. Things in Boston. Oof. Not good. You do not want to be a Red Sox fan right now. And isn't yeah. that a shame? Such a shame. Not looking good. Such a shame. Yeah, definitely not looking good. In last place. And you know, they had the most bizarre offseason ever. The 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 whole the Hunter Renfro thing just didn't really add up and bringing Jackie Bradley Jr. back and he's not the fielder he once was in center field. He's not even playing center field for them anymore. And, and obviously we know how awful Trevor's story has been so far. And at what point does it get to, all right, well, you know, Trevor's story is going to turn around. Do we know that Trevor's story is going to turn around? Because this guy was coming off a bad year last year where he's already playing at the most hitter-friendly ballpark in the league. And his numbers are down. He's not playing his natural position. He's on a new team. Do they do they turn it around? I don't think they're going to turn it around. But do they turn around and say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna flip Bogarts. We know he's leaving. We might as well we might as well get some prospects for him. That's pretty risky. But I guess you know you made your own bed. You already signed up for stories. So what are you going to do now? You can't bail out on the story thing. So maybe you got to really commit and say exactly what you said. All right, Bogarts, your time's up. Brutal. Brutal situation over there in Boston. Um, what was I just gonna bring? Also, up? this stupid thing with the shopping cart that they do. Trevor Story hits a home run, his first homer of the year. You lose the game, and you're in the dugout pushing him around a shopping cart. Must be nice being 14 and 22 in last place in the AL East, and you're pushing shopping carts around the dugout. I mean, shout I out to. I don't want to be an old man and say you can't have fun, but. I don't know. Yeah, I you're you're ruining you're ruining people's fun. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Stoa Syndergaard who couldn't get out of this first inning today. Shout All out in your head, good, Phil. Good job, good job, Noah. Oh, you know, I was good. gonna say this. Good job. I hate. I know we say this a lot on the show, and I hate to bounce around. Going back to what we were talking about the Yankees before, and you were saying with the strength of the schedule and everything. How many times have we seen that graphic year after year of the AL East champion and their record against the Orioles? Like yeah. that is that is the key to success to win the AL East now, and I think the Yankees now after tonight's win are like something like seven and two against Baltimore now or something like that, and that's what you need to do, and you need to do it whether it's the Orioles or wh- whatever division you're playing in, and um, the Mets are going to have to do this with the Nationals if they want to win that division. You have to beat up on the bad teams because, you know, you're, those are those are games within the division and and those count. So you're head to head nineteen. For- if you're getting 19 freebies, you better hit at least 15 of them. Yeah, exactly. If the Mets go 15 and four versus the Braves go 12 and uh, you know 12 and seven against um, the Nationals, that's a three game difference that can make the difference for the division. Yeah, it's uh, it's just fans being annoying. It's just fans wanting to you know crap on the Yankees however they can. Um, let's talk about the Mets very quickly. Like you said, probably have hit their first bump in the road. You know, what's funny about this team is that they haven't lost back-to-back games since I want to, it was the first series of the year. They lost the Sunday and then they lost Monday too. Since then. So was that April? What was April 10th? 
April 11th, they haven't lost back-to-back games, which is very, very impressive, and I like that. But they haven't gone on like a hot streak. They haven't had a winning streak, and they're still 10 games over 500. So they lose their first series to a pesky, pesky Mariners team. Oh, by the way, hold on a second. Did you see Paul Seawald over the weekend? Did I see what he did? No. He was taunting the fans, and he he got, got interviewed, and he was like, the Mets gave up on me, you know, so I'm just trying to prove them wrong. All right, all right. Five, 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 zero ERA in three years. What do the Mets do to their players? You got Syndergaard, you got Seawald, you got these guys that are leaving, and it's like they, you know, they were They're so upset. Now they're, <laughs> they got like a point to prove. They're so upset. They're so upset that they're not with the Mets anymore. They gotta, they gotta, you know, take shots. The, the Mets are like that X that drives everybody crazy. It seems like they want them back so bad, but they can't. They can't get them back. That's what I we've mean, been. You really think Paul Seawald? I mean, sure, some of the diehard fans are gonna be like, "Oh, remember Paul Seawald? Now he's doing good for the Mariners." But you really think the little kid sitting in section, you know, one hundred seven is gonna look and be like, "Oh." Dad, that guy Paul Seawald. Why did we get rid of remember him? Remember Paul like, Seawald? Yeah, remember Paul Seawald? <laughs> like, no, I don't remember Paul Seawald. Do you remember Paul? Tim, he's going. He's going like this to the fans. They were winning by three. I think in the ninth, and he's going. We, I can't hear you, to the fans. What's uh, this guy's got problems uh, anyway? He does have problems. Jesse Winker, also a friend of mine now, like Jesse Winker. Oh, but look at um, that. besties, yeah. Me and Jesse Winker are besties. But, yeah, they've hit their first bump in the road, and I know it's almost it might sound dramatic to say, oh, they lost their first series. That's a bump in the road, I know. But, you know, McGill goes down, and, you know, they got good news on that. So hopefully it's only, you know, a couple of weeks that he's going to be out. And they should be getting news on DeGrom on his third MRI soon. Just keep winning games, you know, and, and maybe find that hot streak. Maybe the offense gets it going a little bit more. I've said it, you know, a couple of times. I don't think this offense has played well in two weeks. So right, over listen, two weeks. So let's see if they can get it going. If this team could, you know, just play some good baseball, the offense doesn't need to tear the cover off the ball. Just, you know, stay competitive in these games, have the pitching staff back you up. And if it comes to June or July and you're still in need of a bad, you go out and get one at the deadline, that's cool. But, you know. Just play good, consistent baseball. Don't hit a, a you know, ten, you win 10 out of your last 25 skid. Just keep your head above water. And that's, they and that's so frustrating. Decision. It is. It is. The Yankees were like that last season where they'd win 15 games in a row and then lose 10 in a row yeah. right away. It's very frustrating. So, if I mean, I don't mind this pace that the Mets are on. I mean, the 10 games over 500, so I'll take it any day. You know, if they could continue this, you know, you're, you're but happy with it. You you can't have a lot of complaints because, you know, like we said, they did hit a little bump in the road, but they're still, like you said, one to one series they lost now. That was the first one that they lost the whole year. That's fantastic. Yeah. What, do you, what do you need to do when you come to playoffs time? You don't need to win a seat. You don't need to sweep the series. You need to win the series. Yeah, you know, and I think win series, you're going to be okay. And right. I think, you know, the concern is, okay, you got a four game set against a good team now at home, the Cardinals. And, you know, you have, you know, almost a, basically a bullpen game for one of these games. That was going to be a double header on Tuesday and Trevor Williams is going to start. So it's like, don't, you know, let's, you know, split the series. You know, you, you take a split, obviously, of a four game series against a good team. If you could take the series, take the series, but don't let it, you know, don't let the wheels fall off the track. That's all. And just you- keep. Keep going. Keep you going. think we see some fireworks this series with this Cardinals team, or you think that stuff? Absolutely. Will pass? You no, think so? I think, 
Yeah, I think there's going to be big fireworks this weekend. Well, you know, now the last incident was in St. Louis. Now they're in in New York, so it's a little different. They got they got their boy they got their fans behind their back. That's why I'm going tomorrow. Oh yeah. Oh, you're gonna you show them, Mer. Yeah, I'll be screaming at Ali. What's his name? Marmol, idiot. Nolan Arenado, get this head. Yeah, I will. I'll be on his side, Derby's side. I'll be right right there. He'll hear he'll hear me. I tell you right now. Yep. Yeah, everybody will hear me. I'll be like, oh, there's the guy from that podcast. I can't stand him. He's going to say right. The Braves, uh, not not a hot start. Lose tonight on Monday night to the Brewers. One nothing, who, by the way, are rolling. And uh, Josh Hader is just otherworldly. Anyway, not good for the Braves right now. And Acuna, uh, he's, you know, banged up all the time. And he's banged up right now. But I think he's going to be all right. He's going to play either tomorrow or the next day. So, We'll see what happens with it, but he's got a groin injury. Yeah, him and uh, Snitker were not, I don't want to say, what's this lighting doing to me right now? Oh, look at that. What the hell was that? Oh, now you um, good. They're, uh, yeah, they're not, they're, I wouldn't say button heads, but, you know, uh, contradicting quotes and headlines that we saw. Um, Snitker was basically saying as he matures and goes, oh, there goes the AirPod. As he matures yep. and goes later on into his career, they might have to make some adjustments, you know, or he might have to make some adjustments in his style of play to be a cater a little more to his injuries, something like that. And Acuna basically said, screw that. Uh, you, you want me to change my the way I play? Uh, I'm not going to perform as well. So it's true. Um, Acuna is young. When you're at that age, you're, you're, you really just think you're invincible and that nothing's going to stop you. But it is a little concerning that he's starting. He's dealing with these injuries already, already a major one, the torn ACL last year, and now dealing with more problems. So something to keep an eye on. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And, uh, the rest of the division, there's really no reason to talk about in the NL East there. So uh... nationals are just terrific. I mean, they're, can we not, t- I know, I know he's already got the ring. It was early, but it was early in his career. Can we not turn Juan Soto into Mike Trout from this point forward where he's just, I know the angels are finally back in contention this year so far, but let's not have this guy just rot his next three years in, in Washington winning 65 games a year. And he's just putting up MVP numbers and doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, you hope that they can, you know what though? And I was there. Okay. So I was on the ground. All right. And I was listening to these fans and I asked them questions. You know, I was like a journalist almost going right. And I'm, and I'm asking them and they are good fans. They understand, you know, they had 10 years of, you know, I wouldn't say dominance, but good, solid baseball, winning divisions, going to the playoffs and they got their championship. Mm-hmm. They did. They got there. And, and Soto does have a ring and, they understand that they're going to be going through a rebuild. Now I trust this organization. I trust Mike Rizzo. He's a good GM. I don't like him, but he's a good GM. I think they're going to rebuild quickly. I really do. They're bad right now. And I'm sure they'll be bad next season, but I trust them to rebuild this team. I hope so. I mean, the farm isn't terrible, but you got two bad contracts, especially, I mean, Strasburg, I understand, you know, he's the world series MVP. He was a hero for them. He's been a national his whole career, a great pitcher, but, the guy's made seven starts since you signed him to that contract after the 2019 season. That's, That's got to be one of the worst contracts in baseball right now. Third year of his career. And I didn't even mention Patrick Corbin, who had one good year and is now horrible, like one of the worst pitchers in the game. I remember I thought the Yankees were a lot to get that guy. Me too. Me too. I mean, there were rumors like he was 
his wife was wearing a Yankee shirt or, you know, yep. stupid thing. He's a big Yankee fan. Yeah. I mean, the guy's got a 6-2-8 ERA this year. And he's, this is horrible. He's got a complete game. This is – if you want to have fun, go on Baseball Reference and look at Patrick Corbin's stats right now. He leads the league in three categories. Games started, losses, he's 0-6, and, and complete games, one. Good for Patrick. At least he's earning his so, money. Oh, and earned runs. Innings. 27 earned runs. He's, at least he's earning, he, he's earning his money. He's going out there and, you know, starting. Yeah, oh, well, really earning the money. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers, you know, we, we brought them up last week. We were like, you know, these offensive numbers don't look too great. How are they playing this well? And their run yeah. differential was fantastic. And I caught the numbers up again, man, and it hasn't changed much. And it kind of showed itself this week. I mean, what they got? They went two and – two and five this week against the pirates last week against the pirates and the Phillies, you know, these guys, you know, you got uh, Freeman playing well, bets, same thing. And the other guys, you know, Muncie has not turned it on. Turner hasn't turned it on. Uh, Bellinger has stayed the same. And somebody that's surprising, you know, uh, Trey Turner has not gotten it going either. Trey Turner has not gotten it going. Um, Listen, it's kind of like you said, the same report we had for this team last week. You're just waiting for the bats to, to get going. They're a little asleep. Uh, the pitching's gone down. That's why the Phillies won that series. You know, the Yankees. Hey, the Phillies the, hit the crap out of the ball over the, the weekend. The Yankees just took the lead for ERA in, in the MLB from the Dodgers. So, um, but I'm sure, you know, just like the pitching has carried this team for a couple of weeks, I'm sure this offense will carry them. But that division. Still, still holding up those Rockies and, and Diamondbacks. A little gritty. Guys yeah, there. they're still and the, good. The Diamondbacks are beating them right now, two nothing. Yes, they are. Look at the D backs go. D backs. Uh, shout out D backs. They're good. I like the D backs. A lot of close games going on right now. Yeah, and just another reminder that Noah Syndergaard did not make it out of the first inning tonight. He uh, all right, we got we we heard you the first time. This is his first start, I think, since his idiotic comments as well. Okay, uh, Shohei turning it on, which is a good thing. Yes, it is. He looks Shohei good. Thought you said something else right there. Caught me a little off guard. What? What do you think I said? Well, you said Shohei turning it on. Oh, you thought I said Joey turns me on? Yeah, I was a little confused for a sec. I mean, he's great. You know, he's a great player, but I don't think I'm there yet. All right. <laughs> I'd like him to take me out to dinner first. And then okay. Maybe. Good. <laughs> Good. But uh, anyway, uh, before we go, how about that? Uh, about that? No, almost no hitter. No hitter in uh, Pittsburgh the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, we talked about it last week, and I, I think this backs it up even more for me. Let's let's stop with the whole no-hitter idolizing because, you know, we just saw it happen and the team lost. So it's great. Why? Couldn't happen to two better teams, the Reds and the Pirates, man. Just beautiful. That's why baseball is great. Anything can happen, and, and that is something that can happen. Trevor Story, home run. Wow. Tied I must be dreaming. Tied the game 428, and it would be a home run in all 30 ballparks, according to Wood It Dong. So it would dong. It would dong. Terrence, it ooh, would dong. Look, he just got over the Mendoza line. He's up to 200. Very good for good for a Trevor store. He needs Attaboy. that. He really does. He really does. Attaboy, Trev. You know, the um, Red Sox, Devers, Martinez, and Bogarts are all doing fantastic. You look at the averages 324, 315, and 341. They're, they're raking. 
Everybody else sucks, though. Yeah, I need Devers. We need Devers, you know? Mm-hmm. Need Devers win an MVP. That'd be huge. Here, oh, here we go. Here's the video. Oh, yeah, he got all that one. Good for Trevor. I hope he, hope he figures that. I know, I, I know you don't, but I hope he does. Well, listen, Trevor Story is a person. I think he's cool. I wanted the Yankees to maybe take a flyer on him for a one-year deal or something like that. Uh, Thank God they didn't. Nice, nice player to watch, but, you know, now that he's a Red Sox, he's good. He could He could not do well. I think that's all we got for today. I think it is. Um, enjoy the postseason games that are going to start early this week. And we'll be back soon. I think we'll do another episode this week. We'll be back later in the Possibly, week. Possibly, yeah. And, uh, yeah, good luck to our baseball teams. We'll talk to you guys soon.